Welcome everyone to a very special edition of Two Carrots. Lewis, hello. 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 It's uh, it's special for a couple of reasons. Yeah. Uh, I was just saying before we started, I've got a spiel to get through. So firstly, this episode, brace yourself, everybody listening. Uh, it's actually a totally wrestling-themed podcast. Now, before you switch off, everybody, all you non-wrestling fans, um, I implore you to stick around and take a journey with us today because you never know, you might just come out of the episode with a new curiosity for pro wrestling. Um it's WrestleMania season, so we had to do a wrestling special. Um, and uh, we'll have a catch-up in a minute, Lou. But the other thing that makes this episode special is uh, we're joined by a third member of the panel today. Uh, a VIP, if you will. Now, let me do this properly. Introducing first, weighing in at an undisclosed amount, Hailing from Raccoon City, it is the CEO of First Aid Spray and undisputed champion of our hearts, our good friend and wrestling aficionado, Sai! Da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. <laughs> da-dum, da-dum. What's going on, Sai? Hardly ho, neighborinos. <laughs> Welcome, friends. It's good to have you both here today. Uh, before we dive into the wrestling... Um, we like to do a little check-in here at Two Carrots. How's life? How's gaming? Is there anything that's keeping you busy right now? All that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we get comfortable and unload. So, I think it's only fair to start with our guest. Sai, what's going on in your world? What you've been up to? Thanks for joining us today. Anything you want to talk about? We talk about gaming, like I say, life projects as well. Obviously, you're, uh, you're very, very busy. But yeah, what's going on? How are you? I like that. You introduce it like that, like I haven't listened to every episode. Like, I don't know the format of the show. That's very kind of you. Just... <laughs> Again, you know, things are things are trucking along. I've had some live changes recently, obviously, mm. some stuff going on. But despite that, incredibly busy. Incredibly busy. It never stops, as you know. Uh, Project-wise, there's always about seven things in the air at any given moment. Um, yeah. But that's the way I like it, so... Yeah, not, nothing, I, nothing like major to be honest. Just trucking along. I'm yeah. really enjoying this because this is actually the first time I've seen you face to face. This is actually the what? first time I've seen your face reply back to me that isn't, you know, you know, middle finger or anything like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, uh, contrary to popular belief, I did not star in the American classic Home Alone. That's, uh, <laughs> that's an joke for you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Home Alone. Wow, that that does go far back. <laughs> When I actually had the image of you being uh, Macaulay Culkin, uh, a nine-year-old <laughs> from Chicago. <laughs> I do not get it. Yeah, um, I'm, uh, I'd like to think that I'm far removed from that image at this point, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. completely um, white now. Years now, I guess. Years. That's, uh... <laughs> that's, that is a great point, because I suppose, Lou, you've seen Psy stream and stuff like that. Yeah, it is different. And this is why when me and Lou started this podcast, it was like, you know, we've been, we'd been chatting as kind of mates for like a year and a half. But to have that face to face thing just makes, yeah, makes adds a whole new dynamic to the conversation and getting to know someone. Yeah, it, it really does. It's funny because it's not just like us as friends, but also with first aid spray, a lot, pretty much everything that we do is audio based 
pretty much. So when we started doing tear death experience recently, which is our only show where we have face cams at the moment, yeah. and we started recording, it was like, oh, this is like a totally different situation. So I can see these friends that I've had for years, yeah. as, as you said, Lou, actually replying back to me. I can see them do it. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know. Uh, and it's always strange because uh, we've been doing this now for, what, six months, I think? Thing. Is that it? Is that it? <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> you don't have to grit your teeth that much. Yeah, I've been doing this for six months, and like a month ago was the first time I've seen you without your hat on. You know, and that was, was it. Yeah, that was the first time when you put that that Twitter picture up. It was like, oh wow, you don't have a hat on. I think that's the first time. And now my my wife regularly walks around the house going, uh, Kelsey's got his hat on. Single <laughs> 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 time. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I can bring so much joy to people's life with such Always. a simple thing. Um, good. Yes, very busy. Lou, what's going on with you? How are you? How's life? Yeah, n- not too bad. Um, obviously, what Cy doesn't know is not it's actually not going to be a wrestling podcast. It's all about football. Um, so we're going to talk <laughs> about football for the next uh, hour and a half. No. Um, yeah, it's been really good. Um, Without going down the obvious route, the the weather has been amazing. It's been kind of nice to kind of chill out a little bit as well. Uh, it's it's just been ridiculous how good it is. Um, I'm always a cold person, but even I'm enjoying it. So yeah, it's been good. And obviously, we've had the the great news about the football on uh, on Thursday. I just wanted to bring that up again. We <laughs> Wales are through to a, a final. They are through to a final for the first good time for them. ever. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. So. I was I was very happy on Thursday, so yeah, I was in a good mood, in a good mood. Fantastic. What about yeah, you? No, I, I I'm completely with you. Like the um, uh, me and Sai did something the other day, and I did quickly mention how the weather just has changed. Like I prefer the winter to be honest, but the way it's been these past this past kind of week or so, yeah, has kind of changed my productivity at work and just yeah, in everything in general. So absolutely loving it. I'll probably get bored of it again. Like if it stays sunny and too hot i'll just be like yeah done with it now so um yeah i don't know how long it's gonna last but um yeah just cracking on work's busy life's busy um there's nothing sort of majorly exciting behind the scenes uh project wise as i said something for first aid spray which we've just worked on something went out today or was that not public today that was patreon today a patreon thing came out yeah. today a patreon thing comes out at the end of the week as well so That's it's a busy it. week and we're dropping a public thing in the middle of the week as well. So, it's a, yeah, it's a busy, busy week for First Aid Spray. Yeah, this is basically inadvertently sponsored by First Aid Spray, just because... Yeah. <laughs> Not just this episode. <laughs> this whole yeah, yeah. episode. <laughs> just and, by proxy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and as we've been sponsored, uh, my account number is one for... <laughs> <laughs> but, speaking of which, so Lou, I mean... I suppose we should mention you had your writing debut for First Aid Spray in the, uh, probably since the last two carrots episode. I think that went. Out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. How was that? Yeah, yeah it, it it was different. I'll be honest. I haven't kind of um, flexed my uh, creative muscles for a very very long time, so it was very interesting. Um, I won't lie to you. As I was writing it, I was also doing work at the same time, so I was bouncing between the two. Um, don't tell anyone in work that one. <laughs> I'll be honest, but yeah, no, it was um, it was really good. Uh, I just kind of had the idea because uh, I don't even know this, but despite my love of video games, I'm actually not very good at video games. Mm, um, I agree. 
all right, you don't have to... Thanks for that, I appreciate that. Uh, but I'm actually not very good at video games, and I tend to die a lot. So I kind of thought, right, let's let's, let's bring everyone's power of positivity up here and do a, an episode on death. I thought that was uh, a really good angle to go down. That's, uh, but yeah, it was... Um, I can't remember the official title now, Sai. You'll have to you'll have to remind me. So your original title was really, really good, but it was I it was like one of those things was like I don't know if YouTube will eat this alive, like it will vanish, unfortunately. Yeah. Where it was something like five times you were dead and you knew it, which was That's a really good hook, but I was like, I just don't see it that so I had to like <laughs> I had to bash it into five inevitable deaths, which is yeah, nice. Yeah. It's just punchier. But uh, Yeah, I agree there. Uh, I think it came out really well, as you say. Every it, it is a positive slant. Everybody dies sometimes. <laughs> That's <is> a good <laughs> philosophy. There we go. That's the title of this this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is the title. Yep, yep. Good shout. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, congr- congratulations, Lou. Uh, I was happy. I actually did the editing. Uh, who did, did the VO? That was Steve. Wasn't yeah, that was yeah, Steve. Yeah. So, a nice collaborative effort, as always. Um, but speaking of video games, yeah, again, before we get to wrestling, gaming is always kind of like an underlying theme that we always chat about. Sai, gaming-wise, what's going on, what you've been playing, what you've been enjoying uh, recently? Uh, I mean, if you know me or you follow me on social media, you know what I'm playing still oh, yes. uh, for the last month since it came out, which is Horizon Forbidden West. I'm about... 93% of the way so I'm very close to being done I'm scooping That's up good. the last collectibles and that kind of stuff and then I've got the final quest to do but yeah it's been amazing um, I've got loads of different feelings about it that I'll probably put out there in some form or another at some stage but uh, mm. yeah I'm, I'm a massive fan of that franchise obviously so to actually have that sequel and also, it's the first game that I've ever got to play on PS5, so it looks stunning. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a good time. Highly recommend to all, uh, especially if you. Well, I mean, a lot of people. I've, do you know? I've spoken to so many people that I talked about it, and they're like, "I'd like to play it, but I never finished the first game." There's so many people that started the first game and never finished it. So I implore people to finish off that first game and then pick up what will undoubtedly be game of the year. Suck it, Elden Ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny you should mention that. You say people didn't finish it. There was a, a thing going around that I read. So when the first Horizon came out, like a week later, Breath of the Wild released. And then, yes. yeah. yeah, the new ones come out and a week later, Elden Ring released. Because, you know, I, I've not played either of them, uh, either of the Horizons, but I can see how fantastic they look. But then I saw that. I was like, whoa, that's been just drowned in the hype. Um, candidly, how does that make you feel as a big fan? Did you did you notice that? Did you feel that ah, it's been you know <laughs> kind of hard done by? Was I, I, yeah, a little bit. To be honest, it is one of those things where it, it <laughs> it's very easy for me to pick on Elden Ring because of it. Yeah, like, ah, rubbish in it because it's not this. <laughs> like when it's the same thing with the new Ghostbusters film that you know I've been waiting all my life for, and then Spider Man came out a couple of weeks later, and everyone was more interested. Now I was like, it was all right, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, it's very easy to turn your nose up. It. Uh, yeah, it's really, really unfortunate. I think that with the first game, they did a really good job of bringing people back into it because they gave it away for free a bunch of times and it was often on discounts. They were really trying to pull people back in mm. after that hype had sort of died off. Um, and I'm sure they'll do the same thing with the sequel. Let's just hope... I'm sure there will be a third game. Let's just hope this curse is not an actual ongoing problem with the series because uh, it's... I mean, 
let's not forget as always, it's like a new IP, like a brand new, with the first game, it was the first time the studio had made any game like it. It's brand new IP, um, which should be celebrated for the success that it had, and it should get its foothold a little bit more than I think that it probably has, because there's so many good games coming out. Always when there's a new horizon, there's always so many good games coming out this year, so it's going to struggle. Yeah. No, I completely agree, and it makes me want to get a PS5. It's just, that's how good it looks. Um, it's the reason I have one. It is yeah. I was like, I love the first one so much, I have to get a PS5. I was really conflicted for a while, and then Lou was yeah. like, I've just bought you a PS5. So I was like, okay. Yeah, of course, <laughs> I forgot about that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, Lou, you are the other reason Sai has a PS5. Um, uh, so gaming-wise, Lou, what have you been playing recently? What's been going on? Yeah, um, just to kind of echo Sai a little bit um can i just say horizon is one of those games one of the first games i've ever played that i sat down and just like mouth open whilst playing it it is honestly i know people go oh it's a great game blah 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 and people just kind of roll their eyes but it honestly is definitely one of those games that this is going to sound really cheesy but the colors alone just the yeah. color alone is just absolutely superb you don't even have to do anything if you don't want to even do the story you don't even need to <laughs> you don't have to do it um it's great and you know i've been eating away at it for for a while i've completed it but obviously going through it again but um yeah it's really good and i'm obviously going to jump on the the second game soon i can see size burn eyes burning um <laughs> but also as well i've gone back to the back to the future a little bit here is that um i was in game the other day and didn't realize that they'd released the old kind of like star wars games in in packs i bought the jedi academy packs do you ever remember jedi academy on the pc <laughs> what? really you do not remember There's the jedi so academy star wars games they all kind of like blur together for me so yeah. the jedi academy games were kind of the, the best way to describe them they kind of got lost in the shuffle of knights of the old republic um, because Knights of the Old Republic was so immense, but Jedi Academy games, if you ever get time, uh, the stories on them are brilliant. Um, there's two games. The second game is by far the, the best out of the two, uh, which is quite a statement when it comes to the first one was so good as well. And it, it is what it says on the tin. You are part of uh, the new... It, before we had these brand new films that have come along and changed our worlds, uh, this mm. is what we had instead. And honestly, playing it on the Switch, when I used to have a PC that used to take like 20 minutes to load, <laughs> load a game, and now I can play <laughs> it on the Switch, it's, it's crazy. It's a bit strange because it's obviously a mouse keyboard mouse game, uh, but it's definitely someone to pick up. And you get two, two games for something like £28, which is absolute steal. Uh, they also had the the Star Wars racer. Can you remember that when Episode One came out? Uh, and you yeah. could, yeah, you could do some podcast uh, podcasting, pod racing, um, which is always <laughs> a lot of fun. So yeah, continue. I'm so glad that I now own a Series X and a PlayStation Five, so I can play Jedi Academy on the Switch from you know <laughs> 2002 or whenever it came out. It's, I'm so glad. It's like when I bought this PC, bought this PC, built it, got all the all the most updated graphics, and the first thing I downloaded was Resident Evil 1 1996 version. It's kind of like, wow, <laughs> well done, Lou. Good job. Uh, but yeah, that's that's been pretty much uh, my game, and obviously I've bounced back and forth with uh, Jedi Fallen Order a little bit as well, which is, uh, I didn't know there was a PlayStation 5 update, so that was a, a joy to behold, which is uh, lovely. If you get a chance to play that as well. 
Nice, nice. Well, I have been playing Elden Ring, and uh, I'm not going to give it a big review or anything, but um, yeah, it's great. It's taken up most of my gaming time in the past month or however long it's been out. Um, it's, it, it's, I don't know, I just... I suppose I would say it is fantastic. I do really enjoy it. It's certainly like, you know, I, I, all these reviews that came out about it. I'm not in line with all of them. It's got a lot going for it, but then it's got a, just some things that don't work for me. And uh, but then it has it's hooked me, obviously, for some because it has been basically the only thing I've been playing. So maybe the issues I have with it have just been kind of minor and like things like th there's really weird stuff that you can tell that it doesn't have the big it looks great but it doesn't have the big budget like enemies clip through walls a lot and they can hit you through walls and things like that um the graphics are completely a generation behind um but again it's fine graphics don't make a game but uh yeah and then i see something like horizon and i'm just like it looks so top tier but Elden Ring, Elden Ring has hooked me and it's kept me very busy um i've had to take breaks from it because it's quite it's quite like not saddening it's just it's not colorful uh, you know you said horizon is is got colors in it it's elden ring is sort of has a very limited color palette and uh yeah you could feel i could feel myself not being very happy and the story is just so drab and darkness and monsters and evil and stuff like that there's like maybe one bit of humor in the game i think so far so yeah i've definitely had to take breaks from it but yeah, not too much to say other than it definitely has me hooked. I am waiting, <clears throat> excuse me, for payday, which is like Thursday this week, uh, to get Kirby though, which I've been waiting for. Cool, Absolutely, I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah. Shot, won't it? <laughs> yeah, since I saw, yeah, exactly. <laughs> since I first saw the trailer, like I'm not like I haven't played every Kirby game. I've played a few, but this one looks great, and then I know it got great reviews and stuff as well. So I'm very excited to play that. And take the jump from the lands between into uh, the forgotten land. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, anything else for gaming before we get into our main topic? I think you've uh, we've covered every avenue there, really, from from the dark to the light and everything in between. It's te <laughs> I know it's tempting to chat for another twenty minutes about gaming, but I'm conscious there's three of us and we've got a lot to get through. So. Moving on, yes, this is our wrestling special. Hopefully you're still listening. Um, right, we, and this is probably one of the most structured episodes of Two Carrots we've ever done, so bear with me here. Just going to check my notes. I'm reading so we're gonna script. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to start, and it's funny because I said to Sai, come on, you won't have to, you know, you don't have to host or anything. There's no prep work involved. You can sit back and relax. And then I sent this huge running order, and it's like, yeah, go do your homework. So um, Yeah. Sorry, um, don't worry, I only spent two minutes on it. <laughs> <laughs> Watched every WrestleMania main event for the last 20 years. That's right. <laughs> Lou, you probably did, knowing you. <laughs> no comment. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, yes, let's get to it. So, yeah, we've got, uh, we are going to have an Ask 3 as well uh, to keep with the two carrots sort of main theme. But we're going to start just with a bit of wrestling chat. I've got some topics to go over. Um, Lou, why don't we start with you? Uh... When did you... Right, so wrestling. When did you discover wrestling? You know, what's your journey been sort of from the beginning to as a fan today? And, you know, don't we don't need to hear about it. your year-by-year -year review, but, you know, some of your earliest memories to where we are now. How did you discover it? And did you take a break? What brought you back to being a wrestling fan? All that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, I think it, um, I got a feeling you guys will kind of echo my, my story here a little bit. Uh, kind of joined during the, the Attitude Era, as we like to call it. I, I kind of almost started the moment, I, you know, they kind of name each era. Um, I pretty much started watching wrestling when the Attitude Era began. Um, mm. Just as the last era kind of finished, I kind of joined in that way. Um, you know, you had your, your traditional Degeneration X, Undertaker, you know, that that kind of generation Triple H as he's turning into um, moving away from the DX character and becoming what he became. Um, yeah, I think I just moved on from there, really. And obviously, I was a really young age. I want to say, God, about seven or eight at that time, uh, watching content that probably wasn't for my age. Uh, as you know, it does. It did go on into a lot of a lot of stuff. And one of the, the best stories I ever remember was getting the old WWF magazines from WH Smith. Mm. And I, uh, for a bit of context, you might, anyone listening, I want to just Google this a little bit and just find out the context of it. I remember there was a picture of um, a female wrestler. I can't remember. I'm guessing it was going to be something like Sable or something like that. And it was she was holding two, like, Bijon Freeze in front of her. <laughs> and it had the word puppies underneath. And I remember, I remember the age of eight, screaming at my dad, going, "No, dad, puppies, puppies, dad!" <laughs> and my dad just been mortified at the idea that uh, I'm shouting puppies in W. H. Smith. But yeah, uh, I sort of fell away from it, as probably you both did as well. And my reintroduction was actually through the TNA Golden uh, Generation. A friend of mine lent me a, a legal. Um, hard drive that I could watch some TNA shows and stuff and I was like oh, okay watch this and I actually got really into it um, and it was when TNA was going really really well AJ Styles was at his peak uh, you had B of Money all those guys and I kind of got back into it then and then phased back into the WWE stuff when that sort of I wouldn't say ended but the, the golden generation sort of ended and that's really where I am when it comes to wrestling really Attitude Era baby that's you yeah <laughs> I yeah. like it, um, which is funny, uh, and we won't go off in a ramble. But you hated that era, didn't you? I believe the words you used were "it was garbage." Is that right? Oh, um, absolutely. Uh, watching it back, <laughs> so I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I have watched every episode of Raw from the very beginning up mm. to I think I'm on 2008, going into nine now. Every mm. single episode, I've not missed one episode. Obviously, there's certain episodes that have been taken off, um, but there are. I've watched every single one, and as at the time, I thought the Attitude Era was just amazing, just this, just this car crash of TV. Um, but watching it back, it, it's so disjointed, and obviously because I'm watching it consecutively as well, you notice things a little bit more. Um, yes. But yeah, it's uh, it's just total garbage. <laughs> it's just <laughs> you, you had it was the main events of like pay per views, amazing, absolutely. Now, don't get me wrong, I've not watched every pay-per-view going through, because that would take me even longer, but um, Raw and, and even the introduction of SmackDown, it was just nuts, and it didn't make any sense. It looked like they had no script whatsoever, and they just went, go, <laughs> um, which <laughs> which is a good thing at times, when you've got really intelligent um, wrestlers who know how things work, but when you've got um, like the headbangers, it doesn't really work so much. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly a debate that we need to have. I think we talked about that in the past. Uh, 
uh, originally before we were even doing two carrots, we talked about doing a wrestling podcast special roundtable, and maybe that will still happen one day. Um, side discovery of wrestling. How did that happen? Well, like many things, I don't really have a memory of how it started. It's just kind mm-hmm. of there. Um, I would have been a very similar age to you, Lou. Um, but it would have been through my older brother, certainly, and his friends probably became aware of it that three or four years older than me. So uh, I wouldn't say the prime audience, but a lot of kids of that age were certainly way, way into it at that time. Um, so I would, became aware of it through that, I think. Um, and just sort of watching bits and pieces if you could. It was back in the sort of late 90s, pre-DVD. So it was the tape trading era, if you like. So somebody would get a pay-per-view, whether they purchased it. I don't even know what, how. I was just aware that these tapes would show up one day and it would have the latest pay-per-view or a pay-per-view from several months back that we finally are sort of like, we've gone down the list of all the people that want to watch it and now it's our turn to have it and pass it on. <laughs> so it was a lot of just like watching bits and pieces. Um, I remember we used to have the basic sort of cable package that had SmackDown on Sky One on sort of Saturday mornings and stuff. So I remember watching a lot of that in the sort of, I guess the early 2000s, what they called the ruthless aggression era. Mm. I remember the invasion storyline very well, which is sort of sandwiched between those two eras. So that yeah. was sort of like the height of it. Um, and then kind of after that, yeah, I definitely sort of dipped in and out uh, through the sort of the John Cena Superman period um, in and out. I went to Raw in 2009 in London, which was cool. I don't think I was particularly watching all that much at that time. It was just like an opportunity that was presented. And I was like, yeah, I'll go to that. Um, And then I came back uh, 2012, literally the night that WrestleMania was occurring. I was up late or whatever, and I saw it trending on Twitter. And I was like, oh, wow, what's what's going on? The Rock versus John Cena, no big deal. I was like, okay. So yeah, I think the next morning I watched that. And then that started it off so as of this wrestlemania actually it will be 10 years since i started i can't believe 10 years since i started watching again um yeah i mean i haven't watched absolutely everything i've long yeah. since dropped out of the wwe sphere completely at this point but it got me way back into wrestling like way way into it so when people talk about the sort of like the warmest memories they have of wrestling my childhood introductions sort of very vague about it I will have the most warmth out of the last 10 years. Bits and pieces of that. Early NXT, yeah. as everyone knows, is my jam. So, Yeah, that's cool. That's, um, yeah, it's it's sort of fairly similar to me. It's funny you say about the 10 years, because I think now the period, is, the period of time I've been watching wrestling now is more in, uninterrupted and longer than it ever was when I was a kid as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my, early, my earliest memories, honestly, of wrestling was just playing... Uh, wrestling games on the on the NES that was where I discovered wrestling I don't think I'd watched any at that point but playing as Hulk Hogan and Undertaker and I specifically remember like a steel cage game being a thing that I would play in so that would have been I was like four or five like I was really really young and um and then I remember whenever we would go around my nan's or my cousin's house uh like my cousin in particular was super super into it and it would just always be on. I remember it's the only place I would see wrestling would be at my nan's or cousin's house when I was like five, six, maybe seven years old or something like that. And I remember people like Bret Hart and 
sort of his iconic sunglasses and stuff like that. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really uh, in, sort of attached to the stories or anything like that. It's just, it was just a thing, you know, it was just this big, bright, sparkly thing, wrestling. You know, I, I do remember my cousin being obsessed and like quoting the wrestlers and stuff like that. And, you know, I'd watch a lot with him and like I say, I didn't, didn't really get caught up in the stories, but we'd cheer when somebody won and, you know, you'd kind of boo the bad guys. I got the like basic gist of it. And then it wasn't until I think 1998 when one of my friends started to very similar bring over videos of the pay-per-views and I would just watch them. And from there is where it got full on. And a King of the Ring 1998, I think was the first pay-per-view I can think where, right, I, I saw that. And then from then on, I tried to see like everything up until I think about 2002. Um, and yeah, and that's where I was certainly obsessed, like during the Attitude Era. Um, and when Sunday Night Heat and the pay-per-views arrived on Channel 4, that obviously made things a lot easier for me to watch because we didn't have Sky. I would get, I remember sort of late 99 and 2000, I would get my elderly next door neighbour to record Raw for me on a VHS. <laughs> and then I'd go around like sheepishly on... Uh, What's funny is I think it was broadcast on like Thursday nights here as well. Like it wasn't even broadcast on Mondays or, or there was a repeat or something. Because I remember going around at the weekends, Saturday mornings, like sheepishly knocking on her door and asking, oh, did you record Raw? Yeah, yeah. And excitedly running away. Um, and then, yeah, like as I left school, I just kind of fell away from it. And I think I pretty much just stopped watching altogether. And uh, I'd see like cl YouTube clips and stuff as YouTube got bigger, but... I was completely detached and it wasn't until 2015 uh, when 2K, I guess 2K16 or 15, whatever one came out that had Austin's career as the showcase mode. Oh yeah, yeah, that I was really good stuff that was, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I saw the TV ad and I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. I, I might pick that up and just because you get, I'd heard that you get to play through Austin's career and I thought oh, that's going to be pretty fun. And so I did that. And then the following January is when I watched Royal Rumble, which was, I think, when Triple H won the title in the Royal Rumble match. Oh, of course, um, yeah. Yeah, and, so, and from then, that's when I watched it. I watched, started to watch everything again. I watched, you know, Raw's, SmackDown's, discovered NXT as well, and was just like, this is incredible. And I think WWE had sort of a, a fairly good run for a little bit, and then it got shaky after that. And... Yeah, it was just, it was that 2K game that got me back into it, funny enough. Um, and then now, like you, Si, I, 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 don't I don't really watch Raw and SmackDown anymore. I see a lot of the YouTube and things like that. And and here we are. And it's and this is, yeah, certainly since 2015, what is it now, 2022? So it's not quite 10 years, but it's like a good six or seven years where, I and I definitely enjoy it more now as an adult than I did back then. Um, but yeah, it is funny to me that they're sort of these similar, you know, we're all kind of similar ages as well, but you kind of, I guess you start to come of age, you go off, you do other things with your life and then you, uh, yeah, you discover this thing that you love. I, I wonder, and this is the case for me, and I wonder if this is true for possibly everyone here, or at least you, Kelsey, and the fact that probably what 
contributed to me stop watching it was the fact that I had no one to watch it with or talk about it with. I didn't yeah, have any yeah. friends that were interested in wrestling at all. It was just my brother yeah. and some of his friends. Yeah. Uh, and when they kind of were done with it, I clung on for a little bit and then it kind of faded after that. But obviously coming back in the time, sort of in the last 10 years or whatever, um, it's much easier just to find people to talk about it with because of, you know, the internet. So we have this like thriving wrestling sort of online community. Um, and there's so much out there in terms of like the content that's being produced online for it, that it's, uh, it's easier to find people to sort of share that love with. And also mm -hmm. as an adult, like you said, like there's actually like even more layers to enjoy it on when you're an adult. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree there. And I think when it comes to, the, the content we were allowed to kind of see. Now, I, I, I'm going to take the, the guess here in that you both really didn't click onto the WCW stuff. Um, and like myself, I, I definitely didn't. I, I, I don't remember ever watching any WW, uh, WCW episode. And I think that says a lot with the content that we were allowed to kind of get. Whereas now, there's just so much. And someone put it into, into great words. It's like, and Kelsey of all people will laugh at this, WWE is like vanilla. Nothing wrong with vanilla. You can eat vanilla. But if you eat vanilla every single day, eventually you're not going to one day just go, I've had enough of this vanilla. You'll just start to just ignore it. It'll just slowly fade out and you're not interested in it. Whereas now we get different flavors, different... There's so much stuff out there. We can... Even now you can kind of go onto Twitter or YouTube or something and find, you know, a local... In within thirty miles, you know, a show that you just watch on YouTube. You know, we we didn't have that before, um, yeah. which is great. And that's not just on YouTube either. That's literally you could go, you know, within thirty miles in your local area and you'll find something um, there, really. And I think that's what it allows now, as we've kind of grown up a little bit, is that there's just so much that you've missed. <laughs> just so much. Yeah, it's uh, that's funny because that kind of is going to lead us on to our next topic, which we'll get to in a sec, but. Yeah, Sai, you said something which, yeah, absolutely makes perfect sense. You know, you talk about, uh, you say how you didn't really have anybody to speak to wrestling about. And that's exactly what it is. And something which I think I've mentioned to you before is, I mean, this is a thing that, this is the case with so much of stuff in my life. Um, like, the, okay, we'll take Resident Evil, for exam example. Like I've been a hardcore Resident Evil fan my entire life, but there was many years of my life where that was just me in, in, <laughs> me in my bedroom. <laughs> me, just me in my bedroom and Resident Evil. Um, because, uh, you now know... That's I, a, now that's a DVD I would buy. <laughs> <laughs> because, um, yeah, I just... There was people that just didn't really encourage the conversation and there was other stuff. I think in like, particularly through college, everything was kind of based around music as well. And everybody was more into music. People were into games as well. But, and I think I went so long with just being like, oh, this is just a thing I like. And, you know, Twitter wasn't really a big thing. I'd been on four fan forums and stuff like that. But yeah, it isn't until more recent years where you sort of connect with more people that have similar interests and you can easily speak with them you know through like say what we're doing now or uh on social media that i felt kind of that stuff yeah just the love for that stuff get reignited i'm like oh this has kind of been there all along i've just never really had anybody to talk to about it and that's what's you know social media and stuff can be 
shit for lots of reasons but when it can bring people together like this and we can have these conversations and you can kind of take stock in those things that you do really enjoy and oh this person really enjoys it as well and it's not just me that thinks that and with something as silly as wrestling you know there are there's plenty of adults out there that like wrestling um so yeah i just thought that was a really great point because that definitely carries over to kind of almost all my interests really i mean my wife doesn't care about resident evil uh, my wife does like wrestling though which i say we did kind of connect on that which was quite good but yeah great point yeah definitely and i think that um with that as well the, like i said there's just so much content out there now as well not just now yeah but past stuff as well the stuff you can watch 10 15 years ago or even like i think all three of us ironically came through a period where we didn't watch wrestling when kind of john cena was at his like peak now if you talk to anyone from the age of five to fifty name a wrestler i'd probably say quite a lot of people will say john cena yeah. you know they might go for a hulk hogan i think but a lot of people will say john cena which is really ironic because i probably missed the majority of his matches really yeah and well, i think that's, that's, that's technically speaking You've probably seen them anyway, really, because they're all the same. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we all start watching. So. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Um, the uh, arrival of the WWE Network, I think, was another thing that just right. helped me, you know, revisit things and rekindled my love for it. And it's so crazy when I think now back to. Yeah, my next door neighbor having to record things on VHS for me, and now you just watch every single episode at the touch of a button. So, um, yeah, yeah, so much content, as you say, Lou. Um, cool. Um, well, yeah, so on that note, what's before we get to ask three, what's your opinions for both of you? So, I will start with you. You know, what's your opinions on the current state of wrestling? So, for those that don't know, Sai, Lou, and myself. Um, we have a little private chat where we often have conversations like this. Generally, it, it just involves me and Lou arguing with each other while Sai kind of then will just diplomatically say, I, you know, I agree with both of you or don't agree with either of you or say nothing. Um, so it's generally me, me and Lou arguing with Sai kind of observing and saying something intelligent. Um, but current state of wrestling, positives, negatives, anything that you really enjoy or dislike, um yeah what's your thoughts sorry so i think the most important place to start there is to sort of expound on what you were just saying lou about the amount of content but also the variety of what that content is is what makes yeah. wrestling so good right now because if you and you're quite right i never saw any wcw back in the day and that maybe that is part of being in the uk and the, the content that we would get from overseas and stuff but arguably whilst they had you know some different stuff going on that period of wcw versus wwf they were both making quite similar products they were both pushing that same boundary as was most media at the time that yeah. was the time of everyone sort of pushing the envelope but um right where we're at now we have that kind of stuff in places we have a company we have companies that are all about the best in-ring performance we have companies that are really focused on characters uh, be that interacting with celebrities and stuff like that and what they call sort of sports entertainment uh, or something like which currently sadly no longer exists but maybe one day something like lucha underground which is this character 
driven. It's more like an actual, um, like a standard narrative tv show show, yeah rather than a than a wrestling show as you would expect it um there's all kinds of stuff out there uh the best thing about wrestling and we'll probably say this a few times is that there's no one way to enjoy it that is the right way there is so much variety out there and that's what kind of breeds all the discussions that kelsey you're talking about or we might disagree or agree about certain things is because there's wrestling can do a lot of different things and i don't think many people understand that they don't watch it and i understand why they don't understand that because from the outside it seems like a like a really strange interest you know two guys in hot pants chucking each other over ropes and stuff yeah but uh, it really depends what you want out of it there's so much variety right now uh, and especially with like two decently sized companies you've got the wwe the giant and they actually have competition right now viable competition it in theory makes everyone better so it's a really exciting time to be watching wrestling whatever you're watching uh, as long as you're not sort of (laughs) i don't know we're a little bit guilty of this planting your flag somewhere and being like everyone else's shit but (laughs) that's obviously the big negative with wrestling at the moment is people take it too far uh, which is a, a big part of our discussions i think yeah no and you know and i joke around and might say this is shit and this is shit but there there is there is lots to love in in so many different uh uh places at the moment um and so much of what you said kind of ties into what i was going to say anyway but yeah lou what's you what do you kind of think about the current state of wrestling i mean you know compared even to back then when you first discovered it you know what do you enjoy about today or is there anything you don't like about today as well yeah, I think that uh, we've already talked about the, the the fact that there's so much content, so I won't go down that angle a little bit more. But it sounds really simple, but I think it's the quality of that content that we're now getting. Um, it was, like I said, you can go on YouTube and look up uh, your local event, and it's no longer one guy with a, sh- you know, a handy cam anymore. It's, it's, it's done... Everyone from the top to the bottom now is at a stage where they're trying to be as professional as possible. Now, they might not have the greatest cameras, but everything is done professionally well. It's done... Mm. They have teams there. They don't just have one bloke just going up uh, close. I think the quality of it, of it is so good because it's watchable. <laughs> um, and I think that's what it, it comes down to, really. Unless you actually physically go to a show, I really, really struggle to watch something that is the camera's moving all around the place or it's filmed on you know when people record like gigs on their phone and it's great to record little snippets but when people record an entire gig on their phone i'm like i can't watch this this is just absolute trash and i feel i'm triggering uh, both of you here <laughs> with that and, <laughs> no I, I agree <laughs> yeah and i, I, I just hate it so much when people do that yeah. you, oh. you don't know the arguments that i've got in with people in like the row in front of me at gigs you don't yeah. know <laughs> yeah i can i can absolutely i couldn't agree with you more and i just think the quality of the content is just so good you know you can it doesn't matter if it's a small company or a big company. It all seems to be quite watchable now. Even death matches and daft stuff like that. You know, it's actually we're actually able to watch it. And you know, there there are some negatives in there as well. I think I think there's a big market for someone that can jump in and get the the mix of storyline and wrestling. Um, there, you know, there is that gap there at the moment. I don't think there's a mix of the both to the highest level i think there's companies that are really good at wrestling but the storylines are a bit weak and the 
big company that we both we all know just doesn't prioritize wrestling anymore it's not wrestling is it you know even they don't even like to use the word um and but what i love i love i love and this is my final point is so many wrestlers coming through now i think we had a period between you know 2010s 2020s where everything was like i hate the term but spot fests it was like little clippets that could go online 30 second clippets i think is moving away from that now and there's there's one tag team I just I can't stop watching lately, and it's uh, FTR. I think that old school mixed with new school type of wrestling, and I, that's starting to filter through everybody, and I love yeah. that. It's really old school. You know, you can watch that from like the 60s and 70s, and you're seeing things now from them, but used in innovative way, innovative ways really. And um, I like it. Yeah, and that's that's. I think we're in a good place when it comes to the quality of the wrestling, really. I just yeah. I want to agree with that in the sense that my big negative about wrestling right now is it's too good everywhere. Like <laughs> Impact is apparently doing amazing things right now. I've never really yeah. watched any of this stuff, but you hear about it and you're like, I'd really love to make time for that. But you also hear about like GCW doing amazing things and like, I'd love to watch some of that. <laughs> uh, I'd love to watch more New Japan, but that's never going to happen. I was like, trying yeah. to fit it in is really, really difficult because everyone is firing on all cylinders at the minute. So what you're saying there is stop three-hour programs. <laughs> yes. Well, that's... Yeah. yeah, sure. No no one... I mean, no one has... Some people do, I suppose, but it's... You're right. It's just there is so much wrestling content. The quality is high generally across the board as well, um, depending on what you're looking for, I suppose. Um, but yeah, who even just WWE... If you want, there's probably like 13 hours of content a week, you know, if you count the YouTube stuff they put out and stuff like that as well. Um, and then, you know, AEW has a few hours and then, like you say, Impact has two hours or whatever it is. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, I would love to watch more as well. It's not feasible, not feasible for me to do that. Um, but, you know, that being said, um, kind of like you both said, that the quality is there. There is so much to choose from. And I've made, you know, you talk about planting your flag. I've kind of made my thoughts clear, on, even on previous episodes of this before, of where I stand with wrestling these days. And uh, I, th I think for me, though, the biggest, one of the biggest positives is it, weirdly, although, all right, it's not got maybe the buzz of what the Attitude Era had, It to me, it feels cooler and more popular than almost ever. Um, because Because of that, variety because there's so much different stuff to enjoy um you know and what i th i think all, all of these promotions are putting on shows and a in aw's case i think doing very well which are just presenting so many opportunities for up-and-comers and, -comers and it, yeah it's producing all this different varied content and there's so much to choose from and you know uh, thank God, because I do find it hard to latch on to WWE uh, these days. But what what I was going to say was, uh, I'm a big fan these days. Something which we didn't get uh, is the cross promotion stuff, which mm. I think just brings you know everyone gets excited about Marvel and the Avengers and stuff, and they look at how well those movies did, like with all the characters appearing in each other's movies, which is not something that used to really happen for us. And in wrestling, it's something they used to do all the time back in the day, but. WWE sort of took this route of living in a bubble where no no this doesn't happen so then when all this cross promotion started happening in the past you know year and a half or whatever it was um 
yeah, to me, it was like the greatest thing ever. I was, I was getting so excited anybody, anytime people were showing up on different shows. And uh, it's funny with AEW because there was wrestling was kind of the spark of wrestling. I talk about the popularity, I think, was very, very close to being snuffed out. Like WWE were like decimating the independents. They were buying, as far as I'm concerned, they've all but destroyed British wrestling, <laughs> you know, and we could talk about that for another half an hour. But, um, you know, AEW came along and has kind of rejuvenated a lot of people in the business, a lot of fans, and it's just had this knock-on effect. Um, and I think there is a consistent high level of story storytelling and in-ring action in AEW that just blows me away. It rewards your attention. It's got fun stuff, hardcore stuff, like the classic wrestling. It's, yeah, it's it's... There's diversity kind of across the industry, but what I like about AEW, and I know I'm just sort of fanboying about them at the moment, but they have a lot of uh, variation within their own shows. And, you know, it's not perfect. Um, I think uh, some things do come with putting on a TV show. You know, you, there's restrictions. You could, you could never make maybe the perfect show because you've got those restrictions. You know, who gets a spot, how many matches have to be worked around and, you know, commercials and all that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, after falling kind of back in love with WWE and then slowly getting more frustrated with it, AEW came along and just made me fall back in love with wrestling again. And, uh, yeah, there's just... What I will say about WWE is, and I've said this to both of you, they have some incredible talents. And Lou was talking a minute ago about, you know, doesn't think that there's a promotion that does everything good you know you it's either a good in ring or good storytelling um but he's <laughs> i mean dying i'm dying to say he's dying I'm to not, say i'm not i'm not sure he's i agree <laughs> i mean like i i've you know i've said i love so many of the talents in wwe yeah. and like one good wrestling match a month from them is just like it's not good enough for me and store i mean i don't know what storytelling they're doing that's sort of <laughs> blowing you away because surely the AEW in ring action is better um and then, so you're saying the WWE storytelling is better than AEW's? Because I'm not sure how you land there, but I'd love to know. Um, yeah, long way to a short point. I'm obviously a super fanboy of AEW, but I think they've done uh, a great deal of positive for the industry, which was doing well and then almost looked like it was going to sort of die off again. But yeah, there's definitely a spark around it these days. And I think it feels more enjoyable than ever, really. But yeah, Lou... Um... <laughs> Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> this this is what I wanted this this kind of um this show to be really, because uh a lot of people not necessarily commented in that it just seems to be me and Kelsey Kelsey and I just agreeing on everything. So on our views, on our uh, everything. And they're like, can you just not have some sort of, you know, argument or something or disagree <laughs> with each other? Because it's been 12 shows of us going, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, but I felt that this one was going to be something where we would disagree. And Sai's been kind of in the middle of <laughs> where you've kind of looked at your phone or your computer or whatever, you, whatever you're using. And it's been like 120 notifications <laughs> of, uh, of us going back and forth. I just think that uh, when you look at the longevity of WWE as a whole, storyline-wise, whilst it may be poor at times, always manages to to bring it back every so often, just when you think they're going off the cliff a little bit. I always think they manage to bring something back. And I think... Like Goldberg. <laughs> they they <laughs> managed to bring him back quite a lot. 
<laughs> like Goldberg. But I just think that like the summer of punk, that was the time where WWE has just had just gone. You know, it, there was nothing there. The 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 Nexus storyline had just completely gone. Nexus was the first kind of wrestling moment that people who weren't wrestling fans got back into it. I knew a lot of people who when when Nexus was around, I thought, and they thought, and it just collapsed. They made an absolute mess of it, and then people started disappearing again. Summer of Punk, you had that for a good a year, two years, and I will always agree that the WWE has never put its talent above the show. It's never been about that, um, which has been to its detriment sometimes. Well, majority of times, let's be honest. And I think that storyline wise, it always is you're kind of in the bracket of EastEnders, your coronation sheet, your top tier. <laughs> Look at his face here. Your top tier, like, storyline. Whilst people will watch EastEnders, watch Coronation Street, and just go, this is awful, they will still tune in the next week and watch it and watch it and watch, almost waiting for a good storyline to come out. And every so often, it does. My, my fear for AEW is that I just don't feel they... It's the... They seem to be constantly doing the same type of models of storyline. If in doubt, create a faction. You know, when in doubt, if this person's not over yet, just turn them heel. Or uh, if this person's not, oh, turn them face. Oh, they're struggling. Give them a manager. I, I like AEW. And I, I think it's fantastic, and I think the wrestling content is ten times better than anything WWE has produced in about. I want to say even ten years, if I'm honest, <laughs> right? Because consistent content and even watching this i'm even watching the sub shows your rampage okay i haven't watched dark as such but rampage stuff it makes you want to watch it but i just they i just don't feel it peaking yet which is a good thing i think that's a good thing they haven't peaked yet um but it would be i think there's a gap there that if they can if they can just do something different storyline entertainment wise you know entertaining sports people um, <laughs> I think they could fill a really, really good market, um, especially with WD just plummeting at the moment. I, I hate to use the word, but they are plummeting right now. It's just nonsense. <laughs> so, do you think um, just because lots of people watch EastEnders that that means it's good? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think what. I'm not sure that's the point that was being made. <laughs> I think that's a bit of a straw, man. No, I, I know, I know. I, I certainly get where you're coming from uh, about lots of people, do, and I was one of them, and for a long time watched WWE in the same way that people watch a soap and just be like, this is rubbish. Every week I watch it, and then I go online and I complain about it. And that's where it went from watching Raw and SmackDown to watching Raw and SmackDown clips on YouTube to not watching them at all. Yeah. Uh, and then... <clears throat> then, and I always said when if CM Punk comes back to wrestling, wherever he goes, I will follow, and that's it. And it was so perfectly timed because NXT started to sort of circle a little bit there, and I jumped off to AEW, uh, and now NXT is garbage as well. Um, so I, 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 the wrestling that I watch every week is just I just watch Dynamite, and I'm the same as you. I don't really tend to dip into Rampage and stuff unless there's something really, really major that I want to see. It's a difficult one because I'm inclined to agree with some of the stuff that you say in the sense that I think what WWE does really, really well is moments. 
Yeah. Like they have a lot of storylines that peter out and go nowhere or just because they're rubbish, they just kind of conveniently forget about them. But the moments that they have are so big that they just kind of overshadow some of that. And that's what keeps people going. AEW have had a lot of cool moments. Nine times out of ten, if not more, it's such and such has debuted. Mm. And once they've got their roster of wrestlers kind of settled, and hopefully that's kind of the point we're getting at now, because there's a lot, and some of the issues at AEW are going to be well, who's in their roster. How and many, who, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many people they've got, who's going to start to fall off of that roster. <clears> and uh, obviously a lot of the complaints about, well, there's so many ex-WWE guys. Well, I mean, WWE was the only show in town for 15, 20 years, so that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that AEW, in the storylines that do vary in quality, I hope they find ways to find really stunning, memorable moments uh, in the same way that WWE have done uh, over the last 30 years. I'm not talking to the streams of like the beer truck and stuff like that, but that kind of thing, you know, mm. where it's like, oh, wow, I, did you hear about this crazy thing that happened? Not necessarily a mental stunt where everyone, someone breaks both their legs, but just like really cool spectacle stuff like that. Because uh, a lot of their spectacle has been oh my God, we've taken this wrestler from somewhere else or brought this wrestler back from retirement and stuff like that, which is all well and good. And you're right, like the future is bright. They've not hit their, their peak yet. I'm just hoping that's kind of the direction that it goes now is to continue to cement itself, at, like, as you say, as a show uh, and not just a bunch of wrestlers, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird because AEW started <clears throat> and then <clears throat> like four months later, the pandemic happened. Um, which could have like been the death of them, yeah. um, but yeah. I don't know if it's the same. I I think I'm right when I say so. I I've been watching AEW. I've been watching everything AEW have done since day one. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Just need to clear my throat. Uh, everything they've done since day one, um, and I would argue that even though okay, I mean you say they've you know WWE is great at big moments and. WWE just always brings back the big storytelling and stuff like that. For me, I when I watched WWE, certainly those last couple of years when I was watching WWE, it felt like very similar to where I was watching the last few seasons of The Walking Dead, where nothing ever happens, and then spoiler alert if you've not seen Walking Dead. Um, I don't. Know, I just realised maybe I might spoil it for both of you. <laughs> I was watching years ago, so I'm okay. Sp Spoiler alert, if you've not seen Walking Dead, they uh, they kill Carl in The Walking Dead. And when that happened, it happened amidst like a, the, the worst run of the show probably ever. Awful. And from, I think, after that point... Um, oh, God, what's the the lead actor's name that played Rick Grimes? I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, you should know, Lou. He's in Love Actually, your favourite film. Um, Andrew Lincoln. Yes. He announced he was leaving and, you know, and for me, it was like, thank God. I was like, I'm going to watch until he leaves and then I can stop watching this. So I, I was watching that show. Nothing would happen. They'd go four episodes at a time with barely a zombie attack, barely anything. And then they'd hit you with something big. And it's like, oh, this big, crazy thing. Did you see this happen on The Walking Dead? It's like, yeah, but I had to suffer like six hours to get it. Uh, WWE does a lot of that. You know, ridiculous storylines that get dropped, yeah. character pushes that get dropped, matches that just end in disqualifications time after time after time. They advertise things that don't happen all the time. <laughs> like, it seems like on a weekly basis, they just change their mind and then 
never say anything about it. And it's just kind of like, yeah, but that doesn't really matter. Um, whereas with AEW, there ha- I can't think of any... Uh, there's probably some. Uh, there is probably some. I can't think of any off the top of my head. There's just... There's not that inconsistency. You kind of... They deliver what they promise. They do their best to uphold a consistent level of quality, storytelling, or in-ring action. There's definitely been some mistakes along the way and what AEW has always done and I guess Tony Khan whenever they do something that's received badly they will adjust and they'll be they'll be like okay yeah we understood we probably shouldn't have done that didn't think that out they go this way they fix it and they'll often add like an in-canon explanation for it or something like that whereas WWE will just they don't really care what you think um and so for me, I've been watching AEW since day one, and for never have I felt more rewarded as a viewer for giving my attention. Yeah. There'll be callbacks to things, you know, from early in the promotion, early in the days of the promotion, and things like that. I think of recently, you know, okay, the Thunder Rosa and Britt, Break, Britt Baker story. You know, that match they had a year ago, an unsanctioned match. That's a year-long build for a title. Hangman had like a year-long build for a title as well. The the Thunder Rosa stuff is like that's the sort of thing like there's many times in AEW where it brings me like close to tears i get so invested in these storylines that they do and okay there's no yeah of these they do have mo- i would argue they do have moments and it's ironic because i was going to say okay look at the cm punk return and you're right si you mentioned it's the debuting of people um for me, that's like the greatest return of all time. It's, yeah, hundred percent is. And and that hap- and and I missed the CM Punk years. I'd I'd would since caught up and seen them, um, but I was just swept away with emotion, and you could feel the authenticity and the the sort of how real it was. And although okay, it was a debut. They had other things, you know, they've done other things. I think Cody jumping off the cage was a huge moment for them as well. And I think <clears throat> they they do these things that all right might not have the grandeur sometimes of the WWE stage. And the names, you know, WWE have those names that they've had for 20 years. But I think consistency and being rewarded for your attention to me is just... It makes me feel valued as somebody that spends my time watching it. Whereas WWE is like, why... Something great happens. You're like fantastic. For next week, that person could be fired, and it's just like it's you're com- you're never rewarded for getting invested in anything. And for me, that's a big deal, and uh, that's why I want to like WWE. I'm gonna I'll watch WrestleMania. I will. It's coming up this weekend, and you know, you can't not watch it. It's this huge thing. I'm sure something huge will happen. But long way to a short point. Me being my time is precious and I don't feel like I'm wait. I don't like to feel like I'm wasting my time when I watch stuff. I feel like that with WWE. Um, but I don't feel like that with AEW and other stuff as well, you know, that I watch. Um, and that's kind of where I fall on it really, if that makes sense. Lou? Yeah. I, oh, sorry. I, I was going to say, I do. I agree with all your points, obviously, because I'm in a similar situation where I won't, I won't watch any WWE programming. Cause you're right. It feels a bit like I'm wasting my time because I, you don't know if something is just going to disappear into nothing that's never been mentioned again. You know, you don't know if you can be waiting for Via Mahan to debut for another six months, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on whether or not it'll be any good. We'll Next find Monday, out, sorry. Next Monday, right. just to let you know. Maybe I'll watch that Raw, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, 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 yeah, it's, it's a tough one because it's really difficult. It's really fun to do it because we're, as we said, we're like in a really interesting 
situation with wrestling right now where there is actually competition as much as WWE will say they're not competition and then prove otherwise through their actions but it's really difficult to compare the two companies because Vince McMahon has been making live television for 40, 50 years or whatever and AEW as you're right started just before the pandemic it's been around two or three years Um, so it's it is like that which makes it just to like hammer home your point makes it all the sadder that AEW does try and explain canonically why something may have been the way it was so it didn't go yeah. right or they'll like they'll find a way to get you back into it or whatever or steer away from it whereas Vince McMahon and his magical company they just go ah well whatever and they just move on they treat you kind of like idiots which is a, a real big shame for a company that's yeah. I, it, it, uh, there'll be several more mentions of CM Punk I think but you know Vince McMahon will make money despite himself like how that company is as big as it is good for them because they sometimes it does yeah. feel like they don't try uh, and then they can go we're gonna get back this old guy and everyone goes oh my god I love it you know it, and that's it, it's, fun, it's, it's funny you should say that because um you mentioned that the CM Punk return AEW was like the greatest return of all time I and think literally is, I had to yeah. bite my teeth and I was like you had to think I had to think of moments and then I just went WWE's moments for me that it's like the greatest moment recently was number one for me has to be the edge return. Just the okay. that was yeah. just blew my mind. And then I was like, oh, that's an old guy coming back. Okay, right. Yeah. I'll think of another one. When the rock came back, when the whole John Cena the Rock thing, yeah, the rock, that's that was an ele- that was amazing. Mm. Oh, wait a minute, that's an old guy coming back again. <laughs> so it was difficult to the only thing I could actually think of that had a bit of steam behind it where there wasn't an old guy coming back was aj coming back coming to the royal rumble i feel that was, yeah, that last, was huge yeah last that was time huge, that yeah. they really touched on a this is a this is amazing this is brand new uh but i do agree with you i, I think you're absolutely right i think that um AEW has taken it and the fact they did it through the pandemic as well is just nothing short yeah. of amazing I'll, I'll, yeah. tell you what, I'll, I'll give you one though maybe to consider for a WWE moment from the last 10 years that isn't a debut and I'm not going to mention this later gladly but it is like a really cool Wrestlemania moment the yeah. cash in in yeah. Wrestlemania 31 that's that's a massive massive moment and wasn't yeah. a debut Seth yeah. Rollins running away with Huge. the title which unfortunately uh, when I was watching that with friends uh, we decided to skip forward through an advert and the WWE Network went right to the last frame of the show so we oh. saw Seth with the title we're like, well, that's what happens. We were all like, we don't know how he gets there, but he has his briefcase, so I guess he makes sense. Does that's... he cash in afterwards? You... So we yeah. kind of knew yeah. how it ended, unfortunately, because of the network blip. But never mind. <laughs> but that was an accidental moment. That was that was people trying to boy- going to boycott the show and take over the show. Right. And it just had to put something in to. I mean, it, the, you're, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's, this is true. Same with but Brian I think... and Triple H. I think wasn't it that that kind of. That's a great point. I think the cash in. It's literally yesterday I watched WWE hit up put on YouTube. I think it was the I think it was every successful cash in and I watched that YouTube video. It's like twenty minutes long. And most of them hair stood up on my arms and mm-hmm. I got a few goosebumps. The crowd goes absolutely nuts for a cash. It doesn't even matter who it is. I, I just think they know, okay, shit's going down here. We're potentially about to get a new champion out of nowhere. That is one of the things WWE has that uh, is kind of quite unique and uh, does work well for them. But like I say, it's just, it's this thing. It's like, okay, yeah, that might happen like once a year. And I I don't know what's, I, 
I love those big hits, you know, that you might get from those big pops that you'll get from something like that. But yeah, when it comes to dividing my time and and watching certain things, I have to just stick with AEW. And I'm not going to turn this into a hate WWE show. It's it's not because, like I say, I want to like WWE. And we could do a whole nother episode on, you know, business practices and things like that, which for me is just like a horror show with WWE. Um, And that makes it hard for me to like them. Um, And to make a football reference, and uh, because we do talk about football from time to time, um, there's a lot of Saudi owners uh, in football now. And I've always said that were... uh, uh, Man United to be bought out by a Saudi prince, which has been rumoured for a couple of years. I just, I just stop getting involved. I just have no interest because it takes away. You know, football is supposed to be like this grassroots, authentic thing, and all that goes away with Saudi money. So things like that, I just, it's just, yeah, really. I don't know. There's lots of things we watch and do in life that are connected to bad people and stuff, and maybe it's silly to get hung up on that. But I feel like uh, WWE is just very kind of. Um, they didn't even try to sort of hide it or be, you know, or dress it up. It's like, nah, this is what we're doing. <laughs> and I just think they have so many fans in, in you know, India and China and stuff like that, that it doesn't matter to them because, yeah, they yeah. get all those views. I think that's where most of their YouTube views come from. It's out of country. So, yeah, I want it to be good. I've got a lot of respect for a lot of their talent there. Um, but, yeah, just this, as far as the state of wrestling, they are then we've said it they're not really a wrestling company they're you know like a movie tv company they want to be disney they've got all these disney and marvel characters um there's wrestlemania this year so i just read this morning so uh, finn balor and um ricochet are us and intercontinental titles uh, champions respectively neither of them have a match on the show and it's like to me that's just like one of 50 million reasons no to but logan paul does so exactly yeah <laughs> So, yeah, um, I won't get too irate. Lou, do you have any more thoughts about the state of wrestling before we move on to Ask 3? I think you've covered it very well, actually. I think you've fought, <laughs> you, you've fought your corner a little bit there. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'll take a breath. <sighs> okay. Uh, yeah, so we will move on because, like I say, we don't want to keep going for hours and hours. We're going to move on to Ask 3, which usually, uh, when it's just Lou and I, we, um, we'll ask like a personal question about life. Uh, dive into childhood memories and all that kind of thing but this is a wrestling special um so we're not going to find out too much about size childhood today but we are <laughs> gonna focus we'll save that for another day um we are going to focus on wrestling things so we have three questions uh, we do all know these questions as well uh, these were distributed beforehand uh, we're going to start here for ask three wrestle special question one and lou we'll start with you what is one of your favourite, what is one of the best favourite wrestling entrance themes of all time? Okay, so I kind of sat back and thought, you know, The Rock, Stone Cold, and I thought, no, let's, let's just let's just do something different. And it was only because I was watching uh, a really old episode of Raw, and I just kind of went, I totally forgot about this, and it's so good, and I hate that it's so good, and I've even looked at it on YouTube. It was, um, can you remember in 2007, 2008, when there was a a British guy by the name of Paul Birchall come around. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Yeah. 
and he discovered that his heritage was that he came from pirates and he was doing the Pirates of the Caribbean big promotion da 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 WWE jumping on the bandwagon and he came down to a, a, a theme that was just nothing short of exceptional um, <laughs> so my answer is P- Paul Burchill's in brackets it's called piracy so um, that is undoubtedly my favourite and he also came out on a rope he used to stand on the the titantron as they call it and he'd swing in on the rope and it was just out of this world so that's that's my entry for um, favourite entrance themes of all time I did not expect that Um, oh my goodness I have heard what you're talking about and I, I how long was that guy around for not very not long, long, I think. No, no I think he, he sort of... He, he did the pirate thing for a while, then disappeared. <laughs> then he did the incestuous relationship <laughs> angle. Um, and then kind of he got released, didn't he? So, yeah. That's definitely in a, in a nutshell, really. So he went from prize British, you know, street fighter to um, pirate to, um, you know, having a relationship with his sister. Yeah. Classic Vince McMahon. Um Sorry, what are your favourite wrestling themes of all time, please? God, it's just, I'm really glad I'm glad you said that you're not just going to like spring this on us because this is such a hard question. I've got like six things written down, but I have to yeah, pick yeah. one. If yeah. I pick... Well, there's only five now that Paul Burchill's been taken. That's so. right, sorry. Let me just... <laughs> <laughs> if I pick CM Punk's cult of personality, is that cheating? I, I think it's a pre-existing it song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I don't think that's I don't think that's cheating at all. I think that it's a I think it it legitimized a lot of entrance themes. I think a lot of entrance themes went from, you know, like Yoshi Tatsu coming out to, you know, like some awful K-pop stuff and actually mm. um made things a bit more not generic. So yeah, mm. and obviously apart from Triple H, I don't think anyone really had a song by a band as you know uh, i forget the name of the guy who did all the tracks for wwe joe, joe johnston joe, yeah jim johnston Sorry, jim yeah. johnston yeah yeah um and it branched out a little bit but yeah no that's a good show. yeah not I, not in that era and it's definitely not a thing today that people tend to come down to songs by artists no matter how like all of us as wrestling fans will always be like i would have this song as my entrance theme in reality if you got to wwe they'd be like no you're not you're having this generic hip-hop beat off you go uh that's just the nature of it at the time but you're right like everything about this track when it was used like it talked talk about legitimizing but it also legitimized punk you, kelsey i think it was you that mentioned the summer of punk storyline like this was around that well this was around yeah. that era like he went from one song to another to sort of signify this kind of like big change that he was going through um so it felt important then and talking about the debut uh, and be, and bringing yourself to, close to tears. The hair is standing up on my arm just now. Just, just yeah, from you exactly talking about that. it. The, you know, the lead up to CM Punk was one of the coming to AEW was no secret. Everyone knew it was happening. Oh, we've got a big surprise coming. It's in CM Punk's hometown and all this. Uh, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter that I knew it was going to happen. As soon as this kicked in, I was just weeping. Uh, it, just incredible. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a really important song for me. I very, <laughs> I was so close to having this as a walkout for my own wedding, uh, but I was like, no one's gonna understand if I draw a line in the floor 
and yell, <laughs> look at what my invisible watch and yell best in the world before I come down at my own wedding. So I was like, probably give that one a miss. But I wanted to do it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I wish you did. That would have been fabulous. Um, it's a fantastic choice. Um, yeah, like I said, I missed the punk years, but I knew the song and I, I'd seen many a punk video and punk entrance and all this kind of thing. And I think so many, and this kind of ties into my pick, I think so many of the greatest themes, uh, even though that wasn't an original wrestling theme, it was an existing song, they they start with the, you know, they start with, with a motif or they start with a noise or they start with that hit or that one note or something or guitar riff, you know, the, the glass smash for Austin, uh, uh, the car crash for Mick Foley. Um, and I mean, there are tons and tons of these. Uh, CM Punk, obviously. Um just the static, which is ridiculous. It's a static, it's almost like a horrible noise. But yeah, it's it's a great start to, to cult of personality. Um, one of, and on that kind of note, one of my favourites. And like, I don't, I don't know if this is my favourite of all time. Um, but maybe it is. I just know that every time I hear it, it doesn't get old. And it's, yeah, it kind of signifies... It symbolizes the person and just the era really well and that's brett's brett hart's music um which has obviously kind of you know the guitar at the start and then it's just it's just so kind of like it is so old it's does it's not modern sounding at all but that brett hitman heart era that music i remember hearing it back in the day when i wasn't really understanding wrestling but knowing that that music was just incredible. I think he's probably the only music from back in the day that I could remember. And, you know, any time I hear it these days, even when I hear Natalia come out on WWE, because her music is basically a rework of that song. Um, I love her music because it's very, very similar. And I think, yeah, uh, I presume that's a WWE piece of music, which is a shame because I know there's rumors of bret hart appearing in aw soon with you know punk and and dax kind of having this bret hart love off at the moment um so i think he's going to show up sooner rather than later they've got the owen hart cup coming up as well so yeah it just makes sense i would have loved to have heard that in aew but i don't think i'm going to um a uh, couple of honorable mentions triple h my time which is just one of the weirdest songs ever like i don't even know, know if I who's text. sleeping with who <laughs> that's a line in that song like what so many of the lyrics are just insanely weird and there's a few of tracks around that time which are like weird rage against the machine rip-offs and that kind of has like some of that um uh and what was another one hardcore holly's theme tune i absolutely love and just think is just i'd never get bored of that but yeah um iconic wrestling theme tunes are yeah they're sort of a big part of you know wwe hammers this home where they make such a big deal out of the entrances sometimes that stuff can wear thin um but there are just those those tunes that that never lose their touch even oh, kevin owens on raw doing the stone cold stuff last week just i think i don't think that piece of music will ever lose its touch no matter what you think of austin it's just yeah the glass smashing and that's it um and i do weird i actually really like that disturbed version that they did oh a long yes. time ago. oh yeah, yeah. Underrated. <laughs> Which Very he underrated. Used for like... yeah he used for like a year um and that's another one i have on my gym playlist um absolutely love that um cool was that a heel turn thing 
That was um. So well, what's funny is he had that because he came back Unforgiven two thousand, yeah. and he came back with that music, uh, and he had that until his heel turn, and then he actually he actually had some other music for like four months. Does anyone yeah. remember where it was like a slowed down version, and then yeah. they got rid of that pretty quickly? Because <laughs> what they used to do back then, back then, when someone went heel, they would slow down their music but if they went yeah. face they'd speed it up yeah. um that's literally what the, the, and um yeah easy it, formula yeah I, I remember that and this was one of my honorable mentions actually so it's funny you should say this anyone remember tests theme yeah <laughs> when it yeah. was test test this and it would just go blah, 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 like that when he was yeah. here when he first joined i was gonna say the authority they wouldn't be the authority what they've been called Corporation? Corporation, thank you. Yeah, yeah. His theme was like, test, test, this is it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he, he went face and he was just like... <laughs> just, <laughs> just like that. See, that's... Yeah, it's, it's true because uh, the best version possibly or at least an overlooked version of the Rocks theme. Was, do you remember when he went heel and his theme slowed down as well? Yeah. And it has like a minute and a 30 entrance like before it even starts. Yeah. And it's not... If you're smart, it's just... Is cooking and then it kicks in. <laughs> but so it was a helicopter, cooking. wasn't it? It was a helicopter yeah. flying yeah. across yeah. the sky, yeah. which was also the same uh, almost intro as Raw. <laughs> so yeah. they both had helicopters in the yeah. sky. They just rented yeah. it for that one day and just used it for yeah. two things. That's what it was. Um, before we move on to the next question, you mentioned that rock theme. Um, the uh, uh, when Bailey turned heel, I don't know if you've heard her music it's almost identical to that and every time i hear it it makes me think of that rock rock tune and you know they like to reuse music a lot so i wouldn't be surprised if they use that as the basis for bailey's heel music which i like um cool um right moving on question two it is wrestlemania season now i'm not gonna say so again this is another favorite it doesn't have to be the best there's so many of these but you know hopefully you've picked one that just you enjoy for whatever reason but what is your favorite wrestlemania moment lou why don't we start with you so as i went completely ludicrous on the themes i thought i would pick something that no matter how many times i watch it i still can't get why it happened um so it's like kind of like the opposite of favorite really um it's just a memory a, a thing that i watch sometimes and i just go how did this happen um the first i've got kind of two here the first one was obviously the brock undertaker um match uh when uh, undertaker lost the streak it was streak, a really yeah. surreal surreal moment and for a lot of people it is their best one of the best moments in WWE because it was so surprising but the one that got me, I was just watching it, and I watched it again today, and I was like, I just don't get why it happened. And the first match was Bret Hart versus Yokozuna for the WWF Championship. And like after about 10 minutes, Bret loses after um, uh, Mr. Fuji throws powder in his eyes. He yeah. then gets helped out of the ring by Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and then Bret just does this throwing action as if to say get in the ring you take him on yokozuna apparently just accepts the match as you do and uh it's just the biggest farce in wwf (laughs) history it just i i can't stop watching it it is one of those where it's just a car crash tv and it's one of my favorites just because it makes me sit there and go how did that happen how was that approved (laughs) how can you because mania for 
I want to say now 20 plus years has been massively promoted, not just to wrestling fans, but to everybody. It's the Super Bowl, you know, it's that type of thing. And they're big enough this match for probably, and you know how wrestling used to work then, for months, not weeks, months and months and months, plug it. And then within, imagine if it was in this modern day, you go to bed and you go, who's going to win between Bret Hart and Yokozuna? And you log on, oh, it was Hulk Hogan. You know, it's like, <laughs> how... <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. That That's mine. I know it's out there and i didn't want to kind of reuse answers if i was going to more serious i think it has to be austin and the rock on the third time um just underrated match that yeah yeah. um, austin's last match i just think it was so good those two guys had great chemistry but no not that i'm going with the hulk and (laughs) breck hated moment rather than favorite um before i move over to you side just quickly that match you've mentioned one of my favorite pieces of trivia about that third Austin Rock match is that is the only time Austin does his entrance where the camera is behind him than in front of him and that was obviously his last you know his last ever match and it's so this weird poetic thing whenever you see that entrance it's almost like it's like oh did they mean to use this camera angle it's fucking incredible I love the entrance to that match that trilogy of matches is is great um but yes Sai a favorite Wrestlemania moment or a couple of moments is there something you have um, so I've got two that I want to mention. One is, I guess, it's a difficult one because the moment's great, but what makes it great is the story that leads up to it, which is Daniel Bryan winning the title at WrestleMania Day. Really okay. obvious one. It's a great, it is a great moment, um, but what made it best, what made it even better was the fact that the story leading up to it about Daniel Bryan being this uh, fan favourite character that the company clearly did not want to push and the audience just said, well too bad, Uh, this is what we want, until they finally caved Uh, just an amazing time in wrestling it was surreal and weird, very odd to look back now and think about it that the audience was kind of taking the show hostage at points with chance for Daniel Bryan and yeah. we you know it's just it's a strange thing because I don't think you're going to get anything quite like that again uh, then again I say that it kind of I'd say it kind of happy happened with Becky Lynch in the last few years but I think WWE were more than happy to yeah. go in that direction after it kind of yeah. bent that way but yeah. yeah it's it's one of those weird things because with wrestling it's it's not like a TV show where you go, oh, I'm going to start watching the show. I'm going to binge from the beginning. You can, you can't do that. With like, it's not, it does not have you seen season one? Right, exactly. So you kind of just have to pick an entry point. So yeah, that would be one of those things where you would have to watch a certain bunch of moments, like quite a lot of moments, really, a lot of build up over the years yeah. to to really get the full appreciation for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of the number one favorite WrestleMania moment of all time, uh, as another really obvious easy one. But it's WrestleMania 13, Bret Hart versus Austin, the yeah. double turn. Similarly, Austin coming in as a fan favorite. He was playing a heel at the time. Uh, Bret Hart, pre- a previous fan favorite for so long, the ultimate good guy. Um, and then by the end of the match, Bret Hart comes out as a despicable monster who's done terrible things. Uh, and the audience sympathy has turned Austin into the badass good guy that we all knew and loved from that point. It's the real beginning of Stone Cold Steve Austin's career. Uh, So it's a really important moment in wrestling history, I think. And it just, as a match, it just holds up amazingly well. Even as someone who's not overly keen on the bloodier stuff, it's done superbly. Yeah, Yeah, that's... uh, That's... that's, uh, 
I was going to say realistic use of blood, which is the wrong way of putting yeah, it. But Not it, gratuitous. It felt, yeah, yeah, and it felt like uh, it made sense. Um, that's where blood can add to the drama, and yeah, and it switched the the roles and stuff like that. So yeah, it was perfect. Absolutely great match. Great choice. Um, my, uh, I, I have two. One is one is kind of a silly one, and then one is uh, a moment which very much mirrors the Daniel Bryan stuff. Uh, my first one, and it's weird when I think about WrestleMania moments, because when I think about my favourite moments in wrestling of all time, I don't think any of them are from WrestleMania. Like, WrestleMania has these moments, but my personal favourite moments are from other pay-per-views and, and TV episodes and stuff like that. But um, my first one, which is a bit of a silly one, so uh, is uh, is WrestleMania 17, where Shane and Vince have a street fight. It's where Shane bought WCW and they're having a street fight for ownership and all this. Leading up to this match, uh, Linda McMahon is so stressed out that she's been confined to a wheelchair and she's become like mute and she, <laughs> she's been, been pushed around and Vince has been slapping her about and stuff like that. It's horrible. And then uh, Mick Foley's the special guest referee in this street fight and there is a point where Vince wants Linda to see, to witness him destroying Shane so he sits her on a steel chair in the corner of the ring, lifts a trash can above his head. And as he does that, Linda McMahon stands up after you know, weeks or months or whatever it was being in this wheelchair. And I'm telling you, it is the biggest crowd pop of the entire show. Like, <laughs> Re WrestleMania 17 is probably the best WrestleMania ever. And a lot of stuff goes down. That's the biggest crowd pop of the entire night. And then Vince turns around with the trash can, kicks straight in the bollocks, down he goes. And Linda McMahon obviously helps uh, Shane prevail. Um, I love that moment. I recommend going to watch it on YouTube. It is ridiculous, hilarious, but, you know, it's Vince gets a kick in the nuts. And I don't feel great. so bad about the Yokozuna. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is Yokozuna and yours is Linda McMahon. <laughs> yeah, um, that's my kind of silly one. My more, I, like I suppose serious one is and you know i've been fairly down on wwe this episode uh, in terms of their recent output um i mentioned how AEW has brought me to tears a few times you know it's brought out a lot of emotion in me the only time uh, wwe came very close to that sort of level of emotion in recent years but the most recent one where they came to that level uh, for me was kofi mania and again the lead, the you talk about the lead up for the Daniel Bryan stuff. Like you could almost say the lead up for the Kofi stuff was like eleven years. You know the the and how this story accidentally came about because you know whoever it was, Randy Orton injured Mustafa Ali or something like that, yeah. um, and Kofi fell into the place and, and uh, fell into that spot. But then to go on to WrestleMania and to have that match with Daniel Bryan and to win, like you know to 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 get the the clean win the decisive win and then have his kids come in the ring and stuff like that yeah it was another one where those early years of Kofi I wasn't watching at the time but I'd caught up and got caught up in the story and uh yeah that was uh yeah I did shed a tear when I watched that and I think of certainly of Wrestlemania moments that is way way up there for me and uh yeah, magical. That's what that's when WWE does it right. They can do it, you know. See, they can. And look at this. This is what's funny. You know, we talk about the crowd rebelling and stuff for Daniel Bryan, and then there's Kofi Kingston, and it's both of them in the match together. And I just think there's so much there to kind of sink your teeth into. And yeah, I'm tweeting absolutely. about Linda McMahon as we speak to get her back for this WrestleMania on on Sunday. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get straight on that now. We'll get a trend in within the hour. There we go. 
<laughs> Thanks, Lou. Um, but yeah, so big fan of that. Big fan of, of Kofi winning the title. And then uh, uh, on the flip side of the scale, absolutely hate how they made him lose the title. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um, anyway, right. Let's move on to our final question of Ask 3. This is a fun one. Um, you know, I could have done anything for these questions and picked more in-depth stuff, I suppose. But what is... Sai, let's start with you. What is your favourite wrestling video game of all time? I'm really glad you start with me because I've only got one answer, and I, so no one's going to take it. And I get to just—I <laughs> don't have like that much experience. Like, I think it's because after a certain point, wrestling games for me all just feel the same. Yeah, They're sports yeah. games, right? Like yeah. their annual releases, really, mm-hmm. what you get is like a slightly different uh, campaign kind of mode, if you like, career mode, yeah. and an updated roster. So I'm going to have to go completely nostalgic. The one that was in my household when I was interesting of the, when I was getting into it the first time, which is SmackDown 2, Know Your Role. Possibly, yeah. possibly the best wrestling game of all time. Don't quote me on that. I very much <laughs> doubt it. It's, I mean, if you look at it now, it, it probably looks awful. Although, I don't know. I feel like they're kind of, it's a PS1 game. So they kind of they are pushing the boundaries a little bit of what they could do. It was really cool at the time to be like, hey, look at all those characters from TV. If you sat and thought about it, I'm sure there are people missing. But it was like, no, I can play as everyone, and I can do all these crazy dream matches. And even yeah. better is like, I feel like this was the era when the creator superstar thing really started. So you could make yourself or a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, if you like. <laughs> and there was, like, websites of the stuff that would tell you how to make other wrestlers, because they all wear, like, moves and attire was hidden in there, and you could unlock it and stuff and yeah. put it in the right place to unlock whoever. Or, yeah, characters from TV shows and all kinds of ridiculous things. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just have really fond memories of spending a lot of time just filling out the, like, 15 slots or whatever you got of creator wrestlers with just the most obscene things. And like yeah. throwing them all into a Royal Rumble and that kind yeah. of stuff. It's it's yeah, complete nostalgia. I have dipped into some from like to be thirteen to like fifteen or sixteen, and they're yeah. perfectly fine. Uh, but if I had to pick a favourite, it's always going to be that one that I have the fondest memories for. And you can always, yeah. it's nothing better than watching someone like Jazz powerbomb Big Show through a table. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Did, I yeah. also seem to remember that you could like beat up the referees and they would get involved. They yeah, would, like, beat, yeah, they would hit you right back. So. They would. They absolutely would. It's it's a great shout. Um, Lou, favorite wrestling video game? Yeah. Um, I was gonna at the start of this, I was gonna go with my kind of picture that we got up hand, which is WWF, WWF Attitude, which is an absolute mm-hmm. classic. And then as we're talking, I realized there was one I used to play probably more than any other Game Boy Color game, which was WrestleMania 2000. Um, <laughs> we are really going that. back now. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do. I'm not surprised in the slightest. Um, it is an, a bit of an underrated classic. It, I'd probably say because I think it came out on Nintendo 64. Um, it did. And it actually, the Game Boy Color version, I feel, surpasses the Nintendo 64 <laughs> version just Fair. because of pure enjoyment. It, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a great game. Definitely give it a yeah. go. It's got like the little 8 bit versions of the theme tunes as well, and they're all really well done. Yeah. yeah. And when you put them in the this, in this submission move, they just sort of like. So imagine if someone's doing like a, a chokehold, for example. You see them, and they, all they do is go, uh, 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 and just squeeze tighter, <laughs> and you just see them go. <laughs> reacting like, like you would normally see eight bits but no it's, it's it's a bit of a 
it's very addictive as well. It's very addictive to play. Another great shout. Um, mine is Def Jam Vendetta. Uh, just joking. It's not really. Uh, my I I thought about picking Attitude. I think Attitude was certainly one I played a lot. Yeah. But I'm going to pick Warzone, which is the one that came just before Attitude. WWF Warzone, which is also a PS1 game. I think it possibly come out on the N64 as well. Yeah. Um, now, you know, Sai, you mentioned... SmackDown 2, know your role, and I'm right there with you. Like I thought at the time, I thought it was incredible, but it's weird because looking back at games like Warzone and Attitude, and then the SmackDown games, there's lots of ways where they weirdly took steps back. So little things like all the voices got removed for those first PlayStation games. Like in Warzone and Attitude, they had all of the wrestlers' voices. They provide they recorded voice lines for it, and somewhat terribly, but they were there. Um, they also had commentary, those original games. And then the first two SmackDown... I think maybe even the first three SmackDown games didn't. Uh, certainly the PlayStation 1 games didn't. Um, the Warzone and Attitude did have Creator Wrestler. It probably wasn't as advanced as uh, <laughs> the SmackDown games, but they did have it. Um, and yeah, and I, I, they had the weird thing with the character models, which they used to do. This is a technique they used to do before they started to model everything completely is where they slapped on i think like a photo on the face yeah so the likeness was incredible <laughs> it was like oh, a little bit stretched yeah but, yeah no um, i know what you mean now and then obviously they changed the engine and stuff like that and went in a different direction and i think for a long time yeah the games were very very similar certainly with the after the verse smackdown versus raw era and stuff like that but yeah for me warzone and warzone also had something else which i love is before you started a match, uh, whoever you were against, it would play like a little 30-second vignette of them like trash-talking you. And there's they're on YouTube. Go watch them. They are, you know... I think Triple H's ones are terrible, but then like some of them obviously have got better acting skills and were better at cutting promos. It's just them stood like... I think Kane was just... He didn't say anything. He'd just like pull his glove and stuff like that. But it was a, a video clip, footage of the wrestlers. And Wasn't I would it love one that... that- Kane would just pop up I think it was Attitude and he'd just go hello my name is Kane and go like really robotic because he was doing that thing With, where he had the he had the voice the voice, voice box, box thing yeah. yeah 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 there was and uh yeah, there's some great ones with Farouk and stuff like that with the Nation of Domination. Yeah, I, I highly recommend checking them out on YouTube. So uh, that's my pick. It's WWF Warzone. I have I have Warzone. I have Attitude as well. They're part of my collection. So uh, feeling like uh, I need to have a sesh on them uh, sooner rather than later. N- no, uh, no online multiplayer, I'm afraid. Um, good. Um, cool. Well, that's our ask three now. We have been going for like over an hour and a half now, now, so we are going to wrap this up. I did mention that we might do a Collector's Corner. I haven't really picked anything for Collector's Corner, so I think maybe we'll... Lou, unless you are desperate to do a Collector's Corner, we can move on to summaries. I'm happy. I'm happy to move on. I've got mine. I'll, I'll save mine for the next show, I think. That's fine. I don't want to keep us forever. So, uh, yeah, um, we've gone on and on today about wrestling. But what I wanted to do before we sign off is to each of us give a little roundup, your final thoughts on what you love about wrestling. And more importantly, if you had to pick an entry point, pick a match for somebody that maybe isn't a wrestling fan that would convince them to give it a try. Go and watch this and get back to me. See what you think. Um, And yeah, and then we'll wrap it up. So, sigh. Let's go with you. 
What's your final thoughts? And is there a match you would recommend to people? It's a weird one because we've kind of touched on that wrestling is a really strange hobby. And if you've listened to this all, you know, to this point and have never watched any wrestling, mad props to you, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because it's a very, it's a very strange one. I find that a lot of people that are into wrestling as adults is like us. We were all into it as kids. It's hard to come to late in life if you've not experienced it. And it is one of those things that demands a little bit of time for you to get familiar with lots of different aspects like whatever show you pick you know you need to get time to get invested in the characters and the stories and to understand how matches even work you know what what's a big thing and what's a normal thing in a match i've watched wrestling with people who have no idea and they're like going wow and i'm like yeah it's just like a standard thing that people do you know um wrestling's really cool once you get into it at that point though because we've touched on it a few times just like how it can really get some strong emotions out of you. But what makes wrestling even cooler is even when it's bad, it's kind of good. Like <laughs> when it's stupid and ridiculous, sometimes that's when it's best. And even if it's really, really bad and you're not enjoying watching it, if you're invested, there's all the drama to be interested in. You can follow just the news of wrestling and yeah. be invested in all kinds of rumors and all this stuff that's going on. And that's what we find ourselves talking about a lot between the three of us is uh, what what's going to happen with this or did you hear this is being rumoured and that kind of thing. So there's so many layers to it. You can turn, you switch your brain off and just watch a bunch of guys doing crazy athletic feats, which I guess is something we haven't really touched on, but just the feats of athleticism and the stuff that these guys can do is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, sure, it isn't taking a really huge punch in the face like some actual martial arts stuff but the restraint and the trust that these guys have to do it uh, it's, a, it's remarkable. And some of the stuff that they have to go through is insane. Wrestling's just an enigma and it will always be an enigma. And if you can get through it to enjoy it, then it's one of those things that I find is quite easy to come back to if you take a break. It is quite easy to come back and enjoy it from a new perspective. If I had to pick a single match, man, that's really hard as well. <laughs> I had, I think if I would pick one, and again, this kind of like speaks to the different entry points and what you can find interesting about wrestling. I think if you, <laughs> it'd be tempting to say something crazy like TLC2, right? Yeah. Well, I think I would say WrestleMania 10, the ladder match, which is quite poignant at the moment with the passing of Scott yeah. Hall, HPK and Razor Ramon, um, because toys and silliness in the ring is something that everyone can understand and enjoy that aspect of whilst they're learning about the characters and the normal wrestling stuff. Just the idea of like these two guys, one of them's got to plant a, a ladder in the middle of a ring and get up there. And this yeah. match doesn't have too much ridiculousness. It actually has wrestling as a part of it. It's like a nice marriage of that kind of thing. So that would probably be a good entry point where it's like, this is wrestling, but also it's kind of a little bit wacky uh, like that. I was really tempted for like pure wrestling to go for something like Bailey versus Sasha at TakeOver Brooklyn. Yeah. One of my favorite matches of all time. Well, actually, the second one is one of my favorite matches of all time. But um, And also, the first thing, weirdly, that came to mind, and I looked this up, it's not even 11 minutes long. But so if you wanted to start a story off, is Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano at the Cruiserweight Classic, which is, yeah, it's 11 minutes. It's a first-round tournament match. The story yeah. being they're in a tag team, but they've been drafted to fight each other. 
So they have an 11 minute match, which has got all the, you know, they're throwing themselves out of the ring at each other. There's some, they slap the shit out of each other on point as well. It's got a surprise little ending. And then like a touching moment at the end where the tag team sort of are sitting in the ring and embracing. And that becomes like an important part of their story over the next like several years. Um, yep. So if you were to get like their story is a really good one to follow as well. And it's a really interesting opening point. And I was shocked to see this 11 minute match because I remember it being this big epic. And maybe it's just because it's so good for being 11 minutes long. But yeah, if it was just one, it would be the ladder match. Sorry, I waffled a bit there. But... No, no, no. That's it's absolutely fine. They are fantastic shouts. It's funny because there are thousands and thousands of wrestling matches. And yeah, it's it's difficult to put people on the spot with picking picking a match and uh because you could give 10 matches you could give 20 matches to get people in there are so much to choose from but i think yeah they are fantastic shouts and the stuff you mentioned uh just outside of wrestling as well i thought that was a great point um you know how we talk about the rumors and stuff like this it's 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 not if you don't want it to be just confined to the tv show it doesn't have to be it's such an expansive universe to kind of get involved in and there's 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 so much to enjoy but you can also just watch it passively on a, on a saturday morning yeah just one last thing to say on that as a great example is you said yeah of course i'm going to watch wrestlemania as am i i'm not yeah. really going to watch any of the matches i want to know the results because yeah. i'm interested to see how that will play forward and i'm interested <laughs> in some of the moments like yeah. certain people that might be jumping ship or yeah. austin is going to be there like that's the stuff yeah. that i'm interested in the stuff that's going to affect the business less so the ring work in this particular case yeah exactly exactly lou so final thoughts what is it you love about wrestling so much um and if you had to pick a match for somebody what would it be uh yeah so i kind of want to echo what i said really um even when it's bad it's good i think i can't say any more than that really um i just think it's it's one of those that is a bit of a guilty pleasure um, and it's not guilty because you feel embarrassed by someone else knowing that you like it. It's more so guilty that you're actually sitting down to watch this and you're then going to watch it again knowing how stupid it is. You know, um, and I think I think that sums it up pretty well. As for matches, um, I've kind of covered three bases, so I'm going to go really quick. In terms of wrestling is full of characters, loads of characters have got loads of backstory, and if you don't know their backstory, it's a bit difficult. So I recommend watching... Royal Rumble matches. Uh, you get a good introduction to all the wrestlers. The commentators tend to give, um, oh, these two have history, you know, so you can kind of get the, the gist of that. So, and that goes from the early 90s all the way to now. You know, you get an idea of who they are, if they've been injured, who they're in tag teams with, who they've got rivalries with. And I think that works well. Bad Bunny isn't a wrestler, just to let you know before you watch a Royal Rumble. Um, <laughs> I feel um, in terms of atmosphere and electricity and knowing who the wrestlers are, WrestleMania 18, The Rock versus Hulk Hogan, um, another one of those double turns that just works so well, uh, two massive icons that you know even if you don't know. So definitely that one. And this is my number one, a match that uh, I just really enjoyed, which was uh, Kenny Omega and um, Daniel Bryan. Oh yeah, from last September. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a bit of an underrated match, and there was no result as a, as a, <laughs> as it were, but just such a good match, an absolute clinic. If you want to know move sets, yeah. how people wrestle, how you're supposed to wrestle a little bit, and it, it gives you um, a nice kind of introduction of the standards that should be set 
as opposed to you know two minutes matches for a twenty four seven championship. <laughs> um, yeah, this is another great shout, and I think you know, Sai, you mentioned the ladder match, and Lou, you've mentioned Royal Rumble. Yeah, the idea of this a, a gimmick that people can latch onto. I think you're both right. That's almost makes perfect sense. I think to to get stuck in stuck in with because it's so easy to understand. Climb the ladder, get the belt, throw that person over the top rope. Great, I know what's going on here, and then you can kind of absorb into everything else that's happening. So yeah, I think they are really really great shouts um i think for me um i i've said this before and i think if you don't if you haven't actually watched wrestling as an adult you probably don't really know what it is um like most people obviously think oh it's you know it's that pretend fighting thing which obviously it's it's not the case you know it's at its core it's uh it is a TV show, it's a movie, a soap opera, it's storytelling through primarily physicality with minimal script. And it's like, it's so difficult because it's so weird to describe sometimes. It's like a silent movie. It's not silent, but it is like a silent movie. It's through physicality and that's how they get the emotion across. And I think one of the biggest things for me of why I enjoy it so much is this idea that anything can happen. Like, you can... You can have a movie spoiled for you before you go to see it, um, and that's it. The movie's made, it's done, and it's in the can, and you get it. With wrestling, particularly, you know, not everything is live. Most of the time it's live when you're watching it. Um, you can hear rumours, and you can, have, you can understand the direction of storytelling, but they can change what's going to happen as they're doing it. You know, it's not even the day of. You know, they can change it as they're going down to the ring. They can change it in the ring, and it kind of gives it this weird edge over movies uh where yeah anything can happen so you can be surprised at any time and then you know you mentioned the athleticism as well it's got the excitement of sports and the like the impressive nature of sport but then the emotion and drama of your favorite book and game or film or whatever it's this perfect combination of all that stuff and i actually think it, it makes real sport look rubbish sometimes it makes it makes uh, i like uh mma and i like ufc it makes it hard to watch because some of the fights are so boring and it's just like well you know whatever i'd rather watch wrestling um so yeah <laughs> i uh so yeah i just love it because it's such a unique form of entertainment that's like persevered for a hundred years and you know to connect with these characters, many of which are like exaggerations of real life people, just brings me everything, you know, happiness, anger, you know, fear, sadness or whatever. It evokes all those emotions. And I think, so Brian Danielson said last year, just before the Kenny Omega match, actually, Lou, he said that if you show anyone a really good pro wrestling match, they will enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, he he thinks it doesn't matter who they are, they will enjoy it. And I believe that. And obviously there is terrible wrestling, just like there's terrible movies and stuff. But yeah, if you find that good match, everyone's going to get it and they are going to get it. And sometimes I think people don't give wrestling a chance because they think it's just silly pretend fighting. That's not what it is. It's There's so much more to it. And if I'm going to recommend something, mine isn't really a gimmick match. And you know, I think the recommendations you've both given are, are spot on. Um, and makes so much sense um but for me and i was having a think about this there's thousands you could choose from mine I, i've banged on about AEW today and mine is uh from their first pay-per-view in 2019 and that's uh cody rhodes versus dustin rhodes which 
what nice. one match of the year i think across the board with everybody um certainly in a few places and it's this weird like so obviously the the promotion has just started dustin has left wwe he he was one of the ones that jumped over to begin with and there's these two brothers you know there's this new venture they're on they're two they're representing two different generations their father is like this god in wrestling you know in the business and they're there there's this new thing that started and there's this weird kind of emotional buzz throughout the entire match and dustin who was who was older and at, th- at that point prior to appearing here had been used terribly by wwe in his latter years and was just like a side joke character turned up and showed everybody that actually he's an incredible wrestler and uh, an incredible storyteller and they both have this match where you know these are two guys who as i said their fathers passed away they they didn't really get on for a lot of their life either cody was often seen as the golden boy ironically considering uh, dustin was called gold dust um but there's something about this match where you you feel everything they do. Dustin pulls off a code red at one point, which when I saw just my mouth hit the floor, I couldn't believe this guy was doing that. And yeah, th- there's a bit of blood in it as well, which is a similar one of those cases where I think it adds to the drama and adds to the emotion. There's no other gimmick apart from that. It's a straight wrestling match. And then afterwards, there's a like an on the mic speech between Cody and Dustin that kind of touches on everything they're doing with AEW and their father. And he, yeah, for, I, I recommend going to look it up because, uh, yeah, the, it just, it peaks and peaks and peaks. And every time I see it, I just, I cry because it's just, there's so much emotion involved. And yeah, it's, uh, for me, it's, it's, it's certainly not the wrestling clinic of Kenny Omega and, and Brian Danielson, but when I think about the emotion of wrestling, that's like a perfect example for me is right there in that match. And I, yeah can't recommend it enough so go watch it please um yes uh well yeah any final thoughts before we wrap up Sai, thanks for joining us today have you enjoyed your two carrots debut it's great can we go for another two hours (laughs) (laughs) it's tempting it is tempting and you you know wrestling is to, to even truncate it into this is has been difficult and i feel like sometimes even with stuff i'm saying oh, i'm doing a disservice to this and not we're not talking about this we could talk for hours and hours but um and maybe we will do another wrestle special one day um maybe for the big four or something like that but yes thanks for joining us it's been fantastic to have you um lou any thoughts before we wrap up today no nope. echoing you again thanks i for kind of sticking around and holding me back to be honest because you know <laughs> I, was, I was starting to get really edgy there but no no it's a pleasure to have you but uh yeah no that was, that was quite fun and some good picks there by the way kelsey some really good ones thanks no yeah i th- actually think it remained pretty tame today yeah yeah, really yeah that's surprisingly so yeah we're, just, go- we're gonna go into our little <laughs> we're gonna go into our little group now and argue for the next two hours so yeah <laughs> fantastic cool all right well um yes you uh thanks for listening everybody if you did make it this far as Sai said well done go you especially if you're not a wrestling fan um come and get involved with us on social media we all love talking about wrestling and uh yeah we can argue about why wwe is terrible and why ew is great um enjoy wrestlemania everybody uh before we go one last thing um Cy, predictions for uh, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and Charlotte and Ronda Rousey—the two top titles. Who are you picking? Uh, Roman Reigns, I guess, makes the most yeah. logical choice to me. Though 
he's a heel, so I don't know if that's how you want to end WrestleMania. It's a difficult one. I honestly haven't thought about it all that much. Um, and Charlotte and Ronda, um, I hope they're both set fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably going to be Charlotte, so Ronda can go away for another yeah. six to nine months, I suppose. I don't care, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's <laughs> completely fair. Bothered. Those are my answers. <laughs> Lou? Um, I'm going to go with Roman again. Um, yeah. uh, Charlotte and Ronda, I don't really care. Um, I actually forgot it was even a match, um, which kind of says the level of, that they are. That just is just no interest in there. Um, part of me probably thinks Ronda. Yeah, it's funny. I just realised as I was saying, it, you know, because the Roman Brock match is title versus title as well, um, and then it occurred to me, of course, there's another women's title which is Becky and Bianca. I think isn't that the match, Lou? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Cool. Which for me surely has to be be Bianca Belair. I think anything yeah. other than that yeah. would be be horrendous. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you both. Not really fussed about Ronda and Charlotte, and I think Roman Reigns is going to be champion for the next five years. So um, I told you, I told you, yeah. he's keeping it until yeah. Bron Breaker next year. I've got it on actual <laughs> yeah. recorded record here. Yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah. I think you're right. Cool. Right. Well, we will wrap it up there. Thank you very much, both of you. And uh, I'll catch up with you on Discord in a bit anyway. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Stop. There we go. Well done. Well done. Sorry about my uh, internet. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, what the hell was that about? I know. Don't I know. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so that have not recorded on my end. <sighs> oh, that's fine. Don't worry. I've got a backup right here. Oh my god, can you believe it? No, it's fine. That's why I record Skype. I just need to make sure I hit the right button here. <laughs>